0: Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Strength Talk Season 1, Episode 2. My name is Coach Lauren. I am your host. In today's episode, we're going to talk about nutrition fundamentals, and I'm just going to scratch the surface with fundamentals today, but I'm going to mostly talk about how diets don't meet the needs of these fundamentals, how diets kind of get it wrong when it comes to teaching you how to eat, what to eat, and all of those things, and how to make empowered decisions for yourself. I'm also going to dive into what our nutritional journey should look like from adolescence and how we can help ourselves unlearn some of the things that our culture has taught us, that advertising has taught us, so that we can get back to what our body truly needs. So let's dive right in. Welcome to Strength Talk, the ultimate podcast catered to women embracing evidence-based fitness and mindful nutrition. I'm Coach Lauren, your guide to a holistic and sustainable approach to health. Say goodbye to restrictive diets, over-exercising, and unrealistic beauty standards. It's time to discover your true potential beyond aesthetics. Join us for science-backed advice, myth-busting, and empowering stories. This is Strength Talk, where femininity meets vitality. Welcome to Strength Talk, guys. So this is my second recording of this episode because I am someone who, for some reason, <laughs> I have technical difficulties with everything. I think the Instagram post I made today even had some technical difficulties to it. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, it's just par for the course with me. I don't know. Um, so I apologize. Uh, I don't know why I'm apologizing, actually. You guys don't know. This is going up on time, but I'm apologizing to myself, I guess. I don't know. It just is what it is. Anyway, so in today's episode, we're going to talk about uh, nutrition fundamentals. You're going to have some takeaways, but I also want to talk about why diets and how diets get this wrong when it comes to teaching you how to eat, okay? Talking about our basic human needs. There's four basic human needs, food, water, shelter, air, food, water, shelter, air. And I would throw in hygiene there as well, because hygiene can save your life and other lives. And it keeps disease at bay. And it's, it's important for the advancement of society. Okay. So I would say that hygiene is in there and I'm going to get back to hygiene in a second, but food is a primary basic need. And when we look at food and this can be like, I could talk about this for hours. There are different opinions about this. This is a much bigger discussion. But I'm just going to talk about the basics. When we look at those, even five, let's include hygiene in there. When we look at, let me break these down real quick. And how, how these are marketed. So we know that we know that we know that women are consumers. They're more consumers than men. Women consume more things. Women are the buyers, okay? Typically. That is just typically. That doesn't mean that that is the case with everyone. Men can also be buyers, but I'm just saying a lot of times with marketing tools and tactics, they are targeting women because women are the ones who are going to make those buying decisions. I'm not saying financial decisions. I'm saying buying decisions, and I'm not saying that women are also incapable of making Financial decisions. It's also not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that marketing companies, people, companies know that women are more than likely going to make that decision to purchase something and they are going to target them. So let's look at those, these five basic needs that we have for ourselves. Food. Consider all the marketing around food, not even just diets. You've got food marketing in general, restaurants, groceries, different types of Products and what they can do and what they don't do for your body, and all of that thing, that stuff. It's a whole big thing, okay? Water, Stanley Cup, that's all I'm gonna say, okay? And there's also like all of these drink mixes and how you drink water, and there's different types of water, right? Like all of that, water, okay? Air. Have you guys seen the little air canisters that you put up to your face? Have you guys heard about, like, you know, with people talking heavily about pollution? And I'm not saying that pollution doesn't exist. I'm not talking about global warming. I'm just saying when it comes to what we talk about with products that can help you breathe. I'm also looking at TikTok shop and how the fact that even me personally, I have an air purifier, but I've had about 17 ads for air purifiers on TikTok shop. Okay. Air purifiers, different types of air things, um, essential oils, those types of candles. Okay. Air marketing, right? Shelter. So look at the housing market right now. And when we look at how things are being marketed, the woman in a, financial situation is typically going to be the one to make to help make that that buying decision and so we when we look at interiors when you look at descriptions and how realtors are taught to describe homes there's a reason why also women most realtors i i believe that statistic is correct but please correct me if i'm wrong it's fine i believe most realtors are women um when you look at purchasing a home a lot of that marketing, a lot of the, um, the verbiage around home buying is geared towards women and then hygiene. And pretty much all hygiene is marketed towards women, even the men's stuff. Okay? So when we look at that from that basic standpoint, that's a lot that's geared towards women. The same thing happens with dieting. Because food is an essential need for our bodies. So diets are a marketing tactic. And I'm going to get into that in a second about why that is. But I want to talk about hygiene for a second. And I want to talk about, I want to, I use this analogy a lot because I really like it. And I think that it is, is relevant and it's helpful to understand why we have such problems with food. Because often what I hear when I talk to my clients, they're like, I just don't understand why I struggle and why I have to constantly unlearn all of these things with food. And this is why. So I asked them, like, you know how, you know why you brush your teeth, right? You know that brushing your teeth is a a huge part of keeping you healthy. It's part of your hygiene. It's keeping your health up, right? Do you know why you eat protein? Like, yes, but like also no. It's because we're not taught. We're not taught that in adolescence, like we are taught that in uh, adolescence with our general hygiene. We learn as children and into early adulthood that we need to brush our teeth, that we need to shower appropriately, that we need to wash our hair well, that we need to clean our ears, wash our face, clean our orifices, cut our nails. Okay. We're taught those things. And then as we enter early adulthood and even, even in, you know, with the whole, I mean, I know kids are into skincare these days. I don't know. But as we enter early adulthood, we start having our own money. We find out what works for us based on our financial uh, status, based on where we're at in our life, based on what our activities are and what works for us from a hygiene standpoint we should be doing the same with our nutrition. We should learn basic nutrition fundamentals and how to apply them in adolescence. And then as we enter early adulthood and on, we should be making those same nutrition fundamental choices. But then as we enter adole- our, our early adulthood, that may change and vary depending on our lifestyle, depending on what we're doing, depending on what we have access to and all of those things. But what ends up happening is that we, ent- we learn like things here and there, but nothing on how to apply it with food. We we're punished for not eating our veggies or we're, we're constantly having a conversation about food. Some of us struggle with sensory issues. Some of us struggle with being picky eaters. And we had this big, because our parents don't know, their parents don't know to teach us these things. We also don't learn in school. And then we get into our preteen and teenage years and we're bullied for our bodies and how they look. And we're always comparing ourselves to each other and who has the upper hand on a social status. It's all about climbing the social ladder. And then it's also about how little or how much we're eating. Then we're given shit food at school and we don't, you know, our parents don't know how to buy for, for us when it comes to our lunches and all of those things. And so we're, everyone's just guessing. And then you enter early adulthood and no wonder we struggle. No wonder we struggle with food because no one is asking the question of like, I should know how to eat as a child and then find my own way into early adulthood. Okay. So what do we do? So what do we do? What, 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 how do we handle this? So first and foremost, I'm gonna be quite honest with you if so, there's someone out there there that can do this and wants to be an advocate for that, I will definitely support them and champion them. I just do not have the time and capacity to do this to get nutrition education in schools. It's just not my forte. I have a lot i I wish I could I wish I could I wish I had the time I just do not but um but uh it is important, so I encourage you to learn what you can about nutrition fundamentals and teach them to your kids. Number one, number two, how do we, how do we how do we implement it for ourselves? We're going to talk about nutrition fundamentals today, and I'm going to also touch on how diets get it wrong. And um, I'm going to just brush the surface, and then we'll dive deeper into all pieces of nutrition later. All right, so starting with nutrients, okay? We have macronutrients and we have micronutrients. Yes, you need macros and you need micronutrients. They are very important for the body. Macronutrients are protein, carbohydrates, and dietary fats that are needed in larger quantities in the body as compared to micronutrients. Micronutrients are vitamins and minerals like vitamin a vitamin c vitamin b vitamin d vitamin e uh, folic acid uh, and those different things potassium magnesium zinc all of those things right Um, so when we look at macro and micronutrients they are very important in the body if not equally as important it's just when it comes to like a plate of food most of your calories need to come from macronutrients because they're needed in larger quantities in the body and little to no calories come from vitamins and minerals they should just be a small portion of your diet what that means is that you can't just take uh supplements and get away with it and and meet your nutritional needs so macronutrients protein carbohydrates and fats. When we look at how many calories that you eat during the day and a calorie is simply a unit of measurement similar to like grams, pounds, miles, feet, inches, those types of things. Calorie is measuring is measuring something. It's measuring how much heat something has. Okay? So when we look at calories, all of the calories that you eat and you consume on a daily basis are gonna come from your protein, your carbohydrates, and your dietary fats. They're not really gonna come from micronutrients, they're gonna come from the the protein, carbs, and fats. And alcohol, if you do drink alcohol, but alcohol is kind of separate on its own. It doesn't have any real nutritional value, it's just calories. And I'll talk about that in, in depth later. So we've got macros, protein, which you should be eating anywhere from four to six to seven sources of protein a day, depending on your body composition and your needs, which can vary per person. And all of this is going to vary per person. So, like for example, me, I eat like five to six servings of protein a day because my body is forty nine percent body, uh, our body fat, forty nine percent muscle mass. I have a large amount of muscle. I weigh one hundred and seventy pounds, and it's important for me to keep up my protein intake. For someone who necessar- maybe just started to work on some resistance training, maybe doesn't exercise or has a medical condition where they can't process protein efficiently, which is a very small portion of people, but could be you out there, you may err on the side of four servings of protein a day. But I would say at minimum, most people need four, not three, four. And this is just based on... <laughs> The proof that high-protein diets keep us healthy and full and energized. Carbohydrates. So, carbohydrates are the one that really gets the bad rap uh, because of the ketogenic diet. And I will talk about the ketogenic diet in a second. But your brain and your body's energy comes from... Carbohydrates. Okay. There are conditions out there that do kill people when they cannot metabolize carbohydrates appropriately. And it kills them pretty quickly. So I'm just going to leave that with you today. The next time someone wants to demonize carbohydrates, there are conditions where people's bodies cannot metabolize carbohydrates. When I talk about metabolizing carbohydrates, I mean breaking it down and utilizing it. And that kills them. So if that's not enough proof that carbohydrates are extremely important, I don't know what is. So carbohydrates are, there are a variety of different carbohydrate sources. Okay. Okay. There are sugars and more simple carbohydrates. There are complex carbohydrates. And when I talk about complex carbohydrates, I'm talking about things that the body takes a little bit slower to break down. There are whole grains, potatoes with the skin on, those types of things, things with fiber in them, because the body has to digest that first in order to use it. So they're a more sustained energy source. Yes, it is true that having too much simple carbohydrates in the diet can cause some problems. Anything in excess is bad for you, but that amount in what is excess is different per person. And there are signs and indications that you might be eating too much Refined carbohydrates and simple carbohydrates. If you're feeling sluggish, if you're feeling overtired, if you're having uh, a lot of mood swings, if your blood sugar tends to crash, if you tend to crash later in the day or in the afternoon and you don't have sustained energy, those are indications that you might have an, an excess of simple carbohydrates in the diet. How do you fix that? You incorporate more complex carbs in the diet not simple carbs. And it's not that you have to break that down. It doesn't have to be super complicated. It simply means that you in particular need to 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 not cut out, but switch your ratios a little bit around. It's not it's not complicated. Okay? And I'll I'm going to do an entire podcast just on carbohydrates alone. Okay? And then finally, dietary fats. Now, this is one gets confusing because people don't understand that dietary fats and body fat are two different things. They're not the same thing. Dietary fats include things like omega-3s and 6s. Um, they include a lot of micronutrients that the body can uh, use. They are more heavy with the calories, so they do keep you full for longer. They... uh. And they are great to include in the body. But again, anything in excess is bad for you, okay? So having an excessive amount of dietary fats in your body can cause issues like pancreatitis, like gallbladder and gallstone issues, um, and those types of things. So those individuals may have to cut back, not eliminate, cut back, on higher fattening foods. This is especially true if you do eat fried foods constantly, okay, in excess, okay? If you're constantly having like heartburn, uh, diarrhea and like abnormal bowel movements, those types of things. If you have had gallstones before or have gallbladder issues, if you do have had pancreatitis or any sort of infection, you might be eating in excess of dietary fats. Okay, these are not food rules that someone made up. These are factual things that happen in the body. Now, there is a thing called excess protein with excess protein in the body. Rarely is someone hitting that. The only exception in that rule, and I'm going to talk about one of my clients for a second. She has one kidney. Okay, the protein is processed in the kidneys and she cannot have an excess of protein in her body because it can be dangerous for her. Other forms of, if you have a kidney disease, those types of things, you may not be able to process a ton of protein. However, it in my experience and data shows this, the vast majority of people are not eating enough protein as it is, so that you're not really necessarily in danger of that. Everyone can utilize more protein. All right. So now that I've covered the fundamentals of Protein, carbohydrates, and fats. We're going to talk about micronutrients. Now, even from covering those three, like, I cringe because I constantly think of diets who have gotten it wrong. Keto, Weight Watchers, Atkins, uh, Whole30, uh, any of the other ones out there that want to, that are a version of all of that, but think that they have a unique way of doing things right and it irritates me (laughs) all right so switching gears to micronutrients and I feel like I have to be careful with my words because sometimes my words because of the the industry diets have messed up my ability to use these words correctly so I want to talk about processed foods and when I talk about processed foods like anything can be processed canned corn Canned green beans, canned beans and stuff are processed, but it doesn't mean that they are necessarily more or less nutritious than something that is bought off the shelf. It could be that case, the the case in some instances, but it is not the case across the board. Just because it's in a package, just not being it is less nutrient dense than something else. And so this term processed... Gets misused quite a bit, and that is one way that diets capitalize. Please stop with the licking, and that's one way that diets utilize. They utilize vocabulary to weaponize nutrition. So, when we look at your overall diet what you eat on a day-to-day basis in order to get adequate amounts of the correct micronutrients that you need you need a variety of nutrient dense foods not whole foods because if you don't have access to whole foods that language is not inclusive to those who do not have access to food to fresh foods you can buy frozen foods and get the same nutrient value something that you're going to buy off the shelf that's going to go bad in two days, okay? Now, again, I'm not saying that this is the case in all situations, in all, every single package out there. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that what you need as a general rule of thumb is a wide variety of different high nutrient-dense foods in the diet, okay? If you are curious as to whether or not you are low in a nutrient or you need more of a certain nutrient, get your blood work done and ask for a full nutrient panel, okay? But as a general rule of thumb, getting a wide variety of nutrients in your diet on a regular basis is enough plus supplementing with a multivitamin or different vitamins is even better in order to get the right amount of nutrients for general health purposes. Okay. There's no real magic to all of that. Okay. And a lot of people say like six fruits and veggies a day. First of all, for the vast majority of people who don't eat any, that's a lot. So you got to start small. But eating a vast majority on a regular basis is great. Then supplementing with any gaps with a uh, multivitamin, even better. Whatever your body doesn't use, it's going to filter out through your urine. All right. So we have talked about macronutrients. We've talked about micronutrients. So we've talked about macronutrients. We talked about micronutrients. And now I want to talk about how The dieting industry causes problems with all of this. Okay. I will never forget. I will never forget when I first woke up to how this was happening and fully understood what is happening with the fitness industry, with diet culture, all that stuff. I hired a business coach. When I was first trying to get my business off the ground and start working with people. At the time, I was a macro coach, which I think there's a time and a place for that. I'm not saying that tracking macros is horrible, but it's still another form of dieting, just in a different way, okay? Um, I will never forget working with this business coach, and I paid them quite a bit of money. She said to me that I needed to create my own system of doing things, that just being a macro coach wasn't enough, that I needed to package it in some way. And so I began trying to figure out what my niche was and how to package it and what my like special formula, weight loss formula was. Um, it's why you see people post on their Instagram, like how to lose your first 25 pounds. It's because they have learned the marketing strategy of packaging what you sell and marketing that package. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay, well, this is what I normally take them through. So I guess I could say that. And then she's like, now you have to name it. You have to come up with a name for it. Okay. So I was like, well but what I do isn't different from this other chick. She does the same thing that I do, but she she's like, "Well, how do you think weight watchers got to where they were? How do you think uh Atkins got to where they were? They don't have something unique. They just packaged it in a little way and then sold it to people." And I went, "What?" And I thought about it and I was like, Oh. That's what all these diets are doing. They're just these coaches and these 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 dieting nutritional experts are just coming up with a way to make money off of people. That they are. I didn't work with that person for very long, but honestly, like that is very much the vein of of marketing and capitalism and capitalizing on women like like to a certain extent i get it because you have to get your message across right but at the at at the same time like like these diets are taking women's insecurities packaging it and marketing it directly to their insecurities and then it's keeping them stuck in this perpetual dieting cycle because they're like, "Oh, this was made for me. I need this." Or on the flip side, they create it and then someone gets in there who doesn't do well and they're like, "Oh, it just wasn't for you. You need to try something else." And then they go diet shopping and they look to see what resonates with them. And that is such a wrong way of looking at our food. It's crazy to me that we we look at it that way. Instead of tuning in side to what we need. We tune out we turn outside. We turn external. And so number 1, dieting takes those guidelines that I just gave you with nutrition, adds to them and then creates rules around them. And then they create shame and guilt around those rules if you don't follow them. So like if something's not working, they'll be like, "Well, did you follow it exactly?" Oh, you didn't. And it may not be in that direct way, but it's still, you know, with accountability and reminders and all of those things, it still c- creates perpetual guilt and shame. Or they want to target someone with specific body types that they're constantly showing before and after photos. Diet products are, and pills, potions, and powders are, are particularly guilty for that. So they create food roles. They also don't address the root cause of why people struggle with their nutrition, which is going back to not fully understanding the fundamentals and how to apply them to their body. And these different like I know that like there are people who are realizing there are companies who are realizing that women aren't aren't falling for these marketing tactics anymore. So they're doing So they're doing things like um, Noom, where it's like, oh, we're practicing mindfulness, but like, it's super complicated. Um, And then you have someone that's like a coach that's like guilting you into following and tracking your food and all of those things. In my opinion, if you're going to teach someone fundamentals for nutrition, it should be like Hinge, the dating app that's meant to be deleted. Like... If you're going to teach someone, it should be in an app that's meant to be deleted. Right? Teaching people the fundamentals of nutrition and how to apply it to their life. But diets don't do that. They create dependency on that diet to maintain results. They uh, guilt you into thinking that you need that whatever service. If it's a subscription, it's an app, it's a thing that you download, whatever, okay? If it's a podcast, because some people have podcasts that accompany their diet programs, um, they create a list of food rules for you to follow and not follow and all of those things. But they don't, they create food rules even around habits. So the first thing that comes to mind with that is um, not limit processed foods, okay? <laughs> So, someone will go, oh, only shop the outside of the grocery store. I will still have people say, like, oh, I know I should only shop on the outside of the grocery store. I'm like, are all grocery stores the same? Like, how are you buying your groceries if that's the only place that you're shopping? Um... And so instead of creating like a lifestyle habit change around understanding your body and what you need, they've now created a habit around a food rule. No processed foods. Which doesn't actually address your problem and can create a lot of guilt and shame if, oh, I'm stepping into the processed food section. No. Diets also limit foods. So they do cut out certain food groups, either completely or severely limit them, which is just going to cause cravings and feelings of being out of control around those foods. We know that based on long term studies of this in particular. And I, it kills me when I see someone on a diet. I've seen this so many times in my life. For someone's telling me they follow a diet, but like not today, or like I'm, I'm going to, um, I'm going to enjoy myself today. And they overeat on that particular thing subconsciously. And then they feel guilt and shame. And then they're worried they're going to gain weight. And then there's this emotional spiral after that. But it's because they've been depriving themselves of that nutrient. Whereas if they just incorporate a little bit at a time, they would probably actually eat less of that anyway, instead of trying to cut it out altogether. Another thing with, with just like with your general hygiene, like for example, Um, I wash my hair, like, one to two times a week, and that took me a long time to get to that point, but um, some days, some weeks, I have to wash it three times a week. Some days, I have to wash it two times a week. Some days, some weeks, it's just one, and that is how life works, okay? Shit happens, and life is about what you need, not what a diet tells you you need, Right? And so it relies on this external authority to tell you what to do in something that is a basic need, which teaches you nothing. It doesn't teach you confidence in yourself. It doesn't teach you to trust your body. It teaches you that you can't. Like, if I had to have an app to and say, like, should I wash my hair? I can feel my hair. I can feel if I need to wash it. I know what my schedule is and whether or not I need to wash my hair. Diets are the same. Your nutrition is the same. You should be able to tune into your body and understand what it needs. But we've been taught not to trust ourselves with food and not to trust our bodies. And your nutrition doesn't have to be mirror the exact same thing every single week in order to maintain your weight and your body composition and feel good and feel energized and feel happy. And learning to do that without overdoing it is, is a process that you have to unlearn overall diets do decrease your metabolism um also and that is because it causes your body most people who are on a diet are under eating um and so what that will do over time is your body will adjust to those calories that you're eating and you won't be able to process food more food at a later date which means that you're going to burn less calories at rest. That is a very oversimplification of what it actually means, but don't really have time to get into the science um, today. But essentially, diets do cause your body to slow down because you are under eating. I have dieted before to a very a uh, low-low calorie number and i can tell you i wasn't sleeping my hair was falling out i was super hungry and my brain was not functioning properly whatsoever and there's a lot of people walking around like that so all of that to say is we need to learn nutrition fundamentals i am going to be teaching you them in side this podcast over the next course of the few weeks season 1 etc stay tuned um First up, we're going to break down carbohydrates and dietary fats in the next episode. I'm going to tell you how to determine if you're eating enough, if you're eating too much and all of those things. Inside my Patreon, you are going to get a written list of all of these nutritional guidelines in a very written out, beautiful way so that you can have it. And if someone doesn't know or has, if you get to talking to someone um, about dieting, about nutrition, etc. You can just bring it up and have that with you. It's a great tool to have when you're going to the grocery store, when you're planning your meals out for the week, when you're planning your meals out for your family. So um, Patreon subscriptions can be found in the show notes. Uh, and it's $8.99 a month, cancel anytime. That guide will be out Thursday at midnight. This episode will be out Wednesday at midnight. So if you have any questions, if you would like to see more, please let me, leave me a comment or message me on social media. If you found me through whatever channels, YouTube, you know, podcast searches, whatever, I'd love to connect with you on social media. If you could also please, please, please leave me a review and subscribe to the podcast, wherever you subscribe to podcasts, I would be so, so grateful. It helps me so, so much. Um, and I will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.